Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast. I'm Jillian, and today we are going to talk about hunger and fullness and why it can be so hard sometimes to respect hunger and fullness. But first, just a little bit of a life update. So I was debating whether or not I was going to share this, but I imagine that there are a lot of other people who have dealt with something similar or know someone who's dealt with something similar. So I'm in my mid-30s and as a female we sort of have this idea of like time is running out, right? And I had never really thought about like do I actually want kids? I sort of was like, nah, I don't think that's for me. And I've started to think more recently about maybe I do and the fact is, is being 36 years old is that's something that I need to be thinking about like right now. And so I am in the process of like talking to a fertility clinic and I'm going to freeze my eggs. I am scared shitless just because of like you have to get shots and then hormone changes and then like they have to like vacuum eggs out of your belly. So that kind of freaks me out. Um, if you've gone through this or know someone that has and you want to reach out to me and, and, and let me know what, what it's really all about, I would love to hear about that. If you're someone that's used frozen eggs and like gotten pregnant and had a baby, I would be so curious to hear about that too. But anyways, I just, it was kind of scary of me to, to talk about this and I was like, you know what, this is something I think is like a normal part of life these days is like being a woman and being like, oh my gosh, my eggs aren't going to last forever. So. That's my little life update for you. But today, we are going to walk through this question. And it's a question that I found really challenging myself at the beginning of my journey to improve my relationship with food. And it's a question that's come up really frequently with clients, especially in the last sort of like six to eight months. And that question is, I'm trying to respect my hunger and fullness, but I keep overeating. What the heck am I doing wrong? And I remember when I first started the process of becoming more of a mindful eater, I put this concept of like, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full on a pedestal. In my head, if I could just eat when I was hungry and stop when I was full, all of my issues with food would just like magically go away. And as I started delving deeper into the realm of intuitive and mindful eating, I realized like this is a very simplified concept because it's very nuanced and actually really fucking hard to do in practice. And when I first started out with this, I was so stuck in a diet mindset that I turned eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full into another diet rule. I would obsess over like, am I hungry? Can I feel like how hungry am I? Am I hungry enough to eat? And then I would feel really guilty if I ended up eating when I wasn't like feeling that really strong urge of physical hunger. And for almost two years, so remember, back in the day when I was working on this stuff, I didn't have this podcast to listen to, and I was also in an environment that promoted and glorified a lot of my more disordered behaviors around food. And for almost two years, I would push my breakfast in the morning back as far as I could so that I was absolutely starving when I sat down to eat. And I thought I was being quote unquote good because I thought that was me respecting my physical hunger. But again, I had turned the goal of learning hunger and fullness into another diet strategy. It was essentially just another way to keep myself from eating quote unquote too many calories. And in my head, it was good to eat when I was hungry and even better if I was really hungry and bad to eat if I didn't have those really strong physical signs of hunger. 
And I didn't realize then and that allowing myself to get way too hungry, I was actually contributing to how difficult it was to stop eating when I was comfortably full. So I had gotten myself in this rhythm of like eating only when I was really starving and then eating past the point of comfortable fullness. So full to me in my head was like, my belly is going to feel stretched tight like a drum. And this is why it's really challenging to start integrating these mindful eating habits or more intuitive eating style habits without guidance from a coach, a registered dietitian, a counselor, because we are so used to taking diet rules as nutrition gospel. So it's really challenging to see the nuance and the gray area. And just a a really quick disclosure here, you probably already know this, but just in case you don't, I am not a certified intuitive eating counselor. However, I do weave concepts and practices of intuitive eating into my coaching And the bite-sized coaching method uses a hybrid of intuitive eating principles, mindful eating practices, and a values-based approach to help my clients develop a pattern of eating and a relationship with food that supports the type of life that they really want to live. And as always, if you would like support in finding a coach that fits your needs, you can schedule a call with me and I'll help you find some clarity on your next steps, whether that is coaching with me or not. I am not interested in forcing you to coach with me. I am interested in you getting the support that you need. And if I'm not that person, I will do my best to point you in the direction of someone that may be able to help you. So let's jump in. The answer to the question, I am trying to respect my hunger and fullness, but I keep overeating. Am I doing anything wrong? And the answer to that is no. You are not doing anything wrong. But there are a couple things that we want to keep in mind that might be making this new practice really challenging. So I've got kind of three main things that might be coming up for you and we're going to walk through them. So the first thing is you are applying an all or nothing mindset to hunger and fullness. I did this too. Number two, you've got a scarcity slash diet mindset around food. Even if you are eating a wider variety of food that you than you were before, you've still got that scarcity or diet mindset. And then the third one is there are other skills that might be helpful for you to work on first before we really dive into hunger and fullness. And I will share what those skills are at the end of this podcast. So let's go. Here's the thing. We want to understand how might I be applying an all or nothing mindset to hunger and fullness. And it's really important to understand here that hunger is not just the physical sensation of an empty belly and fullness is not just the physical sensation of a full belly. Yes, we want to make sure that we are honoring our body's physical need for food. However, we also want to keep in mind that if you've been dieting, restricting, or in some way manipulating or controlling your food, your hunger and fullness cues might be totally out of whack. And on top of that, your ability to feel these feelings is limited. You're probably in touch with the feeling of being totally starving, your belly's hurting, you've got low energy, you're hangry, but the subtle signs of being a little bit hungry might not even register on your radar yet. And on the flip side, you probably know what it feels like to be uncomfortably full, stuffed. But how long or how often do you register a feeling of comfortable fullness, which happens quite a bit before this like uncomfortable stuffed feeling. And so this is where we want to expand the definition of hunger. It's not just a feeling of like, oh my gosh, I'm starving. My stomach is hurting. My belly is growling. I would like kill someone for a snack. That's not hunger. Hunger is much larger than this, this, this definition. 
And so there are four categories of hunger, including physical hunger, that are in play here. And in my coaching programs, we help you build skills on identifying how these different types of hunger show up in your day, as well as help you build skills and habits that help you respond to those feelings of hunger in a way that feels comfortable and aligned for you. So let's dig into the four types. So first, we've got physical hunger. And this is the physiological response of your body to a need for food. So we've got a couple hunger hormones that are in play here. Leptin, which is the, the hormone that signals I'm full to your brain and body, and ghrelin, which is a hormone that kind of turns on those hunger signals. And those can be affected if you have been dieting or restricting food for a long time. Physical hunger also has a lot of different cues. For example, if you're feeling a really strong emptiness in your belly, you've got super low energy, you're feeling faint, maybe you can't focus at all, your hunger signals probably began a while ago and you're just noticing those hunger signals as they now start to like scream at you. And so more subtle signs include shifts in focus or mood, thinking about food, a light gurgling or emptiness in your belly, and these signs increase in strength over time. They don't just appear out of nowhere. The second type of hunger is emotional or heart hunger. And this type of hunger is driven by psychological and emotional needs, such as a desire for comfort, soothing, relaxation, distraction. And if you are an emotional or an impulsive eater, it's likely you deal with emotional hunger often. And we see this type of eating for some reason as bad, quote unquote bad, and something to be avoided, avoided, but eating for emotional reasons isn't necessarily a problem. We often eat for many emotional reasons, including celebration. It's totally fine to eat sometimes for sadness. Emotional eating can be one of your coping mechanisms. It just becomes an issue when it's your main or only coping mechanism or when you're doing it without being truly aware of what's happening. And I talk a lot more about this in one of my early episodes. I think it's episode eight digs deep into why emotional eating is not necessarily a bad thing. And taste or mouth hunger. So this is the third type of hunger. And this hung this type of hunger is interesting because it can be really environmentally driven. So maybe you see something tasty, you smell something tasty, and you have a desire to eat it. And this is interesting because sometimes we try to deny that taste or mouth hunger. And it goes from simply the desire to taste something. So something that you're like, oh, I eat a piece of chocolate and it goes away. And it can increase into a full-blown craving. And sometimes we call this type of hunger mindless hunger. And so this is the hunger that pops up when you're like walking around the kitchen, you see something and you're like, oh, I'm going to eat that. Or the hunger that might pop up when you're scrolling through Instagram and you see something really delicious on your feed. Then there's practical hunger. This is the type of hunger where you make an intentional decision to eat for your well-being without the presence of any other type of hunger. For example, this might be like eating breakfast even though you're not hungry right when you wake up because you know that it's important for you to nourish your body in the morning because if you don't, that affects your hunger levels later in the day and you won't have time to eat. And so if you are only defining hunger as physical hunger and fullness is only how full your belly feels, yes, you probably feel like you are failing at respecting hunger and fullness. Because it's common for emotional hunger, mouth hunger to pop up. And we also need to consider that sometimes it makes sense for us to eat for practical reasons, even though we aren't physical hunger. And so sometimes you might get stuck in this like, well, I fucked up already, so I might as well keep going, which contributes to this difficulty to stop when you're full. And when it comes to fullness, it's really important to differentiate between my belly feels physically full and my physiological and psychological needs have been met. 
You can achieve belly fullness by simply chugging a few glasses of water or eating a whole bunch of watermelon. And I used to do this. I used to eat as much low volume food as I could to feel that belly fullness. But this is not the fullness that this intuitive eating principle is referring to. This is referring more to satiety or satisfaction from what we eat. And that's a combination of a comfortable physical fullness and mental satisfaction. And the mindful eating habits that I talk about all the time in this podcast, like slowing down, eating without distractions, engaging your senses, these are all tools that are going to help you feel that comfortable fullness and that level of satiety slash satisfaction. And talking about satiety or satisfaction could literally be a whole podcast in itself. If you're listening and you have curiosity about this, please reach out to me and let me know. I would like an episode on satiety and satisfaction. Um, And I'm also working on a self-paced program, a mini program. It's going to be very, very economically priced mini program to teach you some of these key mindful eating habits. Um, I'm working on this now. If you would like details when that opens for enrollment, please DM me and let me know so that I can make sure that you're on the list for that. And the second reason that respecting hunger and fullness can feel really challenging is that you still have a scarcity mindset or a diet mindset around food. And I will tell you from both personal experience and years of coaching clients on this that it is really hard to leave food on your plate or say, I'm finished, thank you, when there is an underlying fear that that specific food or that food in general will be limited in the future. So while you may be allowing yourself to eat previously off-limits foods, it's really hard to stop eating those foods because you are still seeing them from a place of scarcity. So it's kind of like saying, I can have Oreos now, but it's okay for me to eat two Oreos. It's not okay for me to eat as many Oreos as feels necessary. And this brings up the con- a concept that you hear me talk about a lot, which is unconditional permission to eat, which getting out of the scarcity mindset with food is a key part of practicing unconditional permission to eat. So here's an example. A client of mine who's in The Confident Eater came to one of our calls and she said, you know, there were some chocolates at work the other day and I ate way more of them than was physically comfortable for me. She was like, I didn't even want any more after the first one or two, but I ended up eating a few handfuls regardless. And as we talked about it, I asked her, I was like, well, what was going through your mind as you ate them? And she was like, well, they were the special truffle that I never buy for myself. And so she was thinking I never get to eat these, so I should take advantage while they're here. And I asked her, if you knew that those truffles would be around all the time, you could have them whenever you wanted, how would that have changed that experience? And this happened partly because she was in a scarcity mindset. She was in the belief of, I have to take advantage of this food now because it won't be around later. And sometimes that is externally imposed. So it could be like a holiday food or internally imposed. Like I have to finish this off now because tomorrow I'm not going to let myself have any more. And a scarcity mindset is the belief system that resources are limited, they're going to run out, and there isn't enough to go around. Shifting into an abundance mindset around food can feel really freaking scary when you've been dieting for a long time. And I want to normalize that at the beginning of this process, it is really common to overeat or choose less nutritious options more often because they have been off limits for so long. But as you continue to build your skills you will notice that this becomes regulated and normalized and it doesn't feel so exciting to have these foods all the time because they're just a normal part of your day-to-day. And an abundance mindset is the belief system that there are plenty of opportunities and resources out there. 
And specifically in this case, the belief that food is an abundant resource. When food is something that you can always choose to have more of when you want it, that can reduce the urgency to get it all in now. Part of this is, again, adopting a practice of unconditional permission to eat. And so when you feel the drive to eat, even when you notice that you are not hungry anymore, ask yourself, am I in an abundance mindset right now or a scarcity mindset? And if you find that you are in a scarcity mindset, take a deep breath and reassure yourself, I can eat today, I can eat later, I can eat tomorrow. Food is not a limited resource. And the last reason that I want to talk about why it feels really difficult to eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full is because there are a few foundational skills that you might be missing to support this goal. You might be in a really big hurry to just do the thing because, again, it sounds really simple, right? But sometimes we need to take a step back in order to effectively move forward. And so those skills include but are not limited to mindfulness, self-compassion, non-distracted eating, compassionate self-reflection, and eating regular meals. And again, these skills are sound simple. They are not necessarily simple skills. They often have many parts to them. And this is, again, why coaching can be really, really helpful to like get these foundational skills down. And so first, basic mindfulness. And this is a practice that can open the door to actually noticing and being present to hunger and fullness. And I want to simplify and correct a big myth about mindfulness. This is not about clearing your mind of all thoughts or being highly focused for a long period of time. A mindfulness practice includes bringing your attention back to the present moment when you do inevitably get distracted and allowing your brain to have thoughts without holding on or clutching onto those thoughts. Think of mindfulness as the act of observing without judgment. And so in order to respect hunger and fullness, we need the capacity to observe those sensations. And I will say, I've said this before, I will die on this hill. You do not need to meditate to be mindful. Yes, it can be incredibly helpful. But if this idea of I don't want to meditate is holding you back from a mindfulness practice, throw that out the window. And when you struggle with eating impulsively and not being able to stop when you're full, mindfulness is a key skill. So I share a simple mindfulness skill in my free Confident Eating mini course. And that is an email. It's like a three-day email mini course. And it's linked below this episode. So if you've not taken that yet, even if you only watch that one lesson, that can be really helpful for you. And then a couple simple mindfulness tips. One is you can pause when you notice your urge to eat. Give yourself a quick scan to see what's going on. Take this moment, this pause, to ask yourself, what kind of hunger am I experiencing from the four that I mentioned earlier? What level of hunger am I experiencing? And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. And then aim to not judge that response as a good response or a bad response. It just is. And then another mindful, another mindfulness moment that you can take is to pause mid-meal and stop eating for a moment. Put your knife and fork down, put your food down, and notice what thoughts and feelings come up. Notice the levels of fullness or the levels of satisfaction. And at first, there might be a really strong voice that tells you you need to keep eating, you should keep eating, you need to finish everything on your plate. And if you do notice that you're feeling full, maybe you consider extending this pause for a few more minutes or you can remind yourself that, hey, I can come back to this meal later when I do feel hungry or you can continue to eat. And as you continue to practice, you might notice that it gets easier to, one, notice your fullness, and two, stop eating with the knowledge that food is not a limited resource and you can always come back to it later. 
And for the sake of time here, I'm not going to dig deep on the other skills that support respecting hunger and fullness because self-compassion in itself is like an entire world and it is a really, a really life-shaking practice when you've been extremely self-critical for a long time. And I do dig into this in episode 52, which is a replay of a coaching call that I had with some of my clients. But, or no, actually I think it's a replay of one of my workshops that I did. No clients are on it, but it's a workshop that I did for one of my clients. And essentially, the less self-critical you can be towards yourself and the more self-supportive you can be, the more likely you are to break your old habits around food and adopt new ones. And this is, again, why a huge part of the Confident Eater program is dedicated to the practice of self-compassion because our go-to is to beat ourselves up and want to move on from what went wrong really quickly. And self-compassion and specifically the practice of compassionate self-reflection really offers so much information about how to adjust and shift habits for the future. All right, so we're going to go into actionable tips time. And some of you are going to roll your eyes at number one and you're going, I'm going to tell you right now, some of you listening are going to be like, no, I'm not going to do number one. Like that doesn't make sense for me. But trust me, this is a key step in building trust in yourself and adopting an abundance mindset around food. And that first one is to eat regular meals. For most of us, regular meals is going to look like three meals a day and anywhere from one to three snacks spaced out no more than three to four hours from each other with your breakfast happening hopefully around an hour of waking up. And you might be like, yeah, but I'm not hungry. So why would I do this if I'm trying to learn how to respect hunger and fullness? If you're stuck in a scarcity mindset with food or you've been dieting on and off forever, or if you're still building the skills of understanding your subtle hunger and fullness cues, think of this as setting a solid foundation for opening the door to respecting hunger and fullness. With a solid foundation, you can build a really fucking awesome house. But without a solid foundation, that house will always be shaky and unstable at best. Regular meals allow you to feel psychological safety in knowing that another meal is around the corner and you are also providing your body with the nutrients it needs to thrive. And one of the biggest triggers for overeating is being overly hungry. So the second actionable tip that I have for you is to start practicing the hunger and fullness scale. And this is a tool that I share with my clients inside the Confident Eater and my one-on-one clients uh, get access to this as well. But here's a really simple breakdown. The hunger scale or the rating scale goes from one to 10 in both cases. For hunger, one is totally full and 10 is like starving or hangry. And for fullness, one is starving or hangry and 10 is stuffed and uncomfortable. And often when we are getting back in touch with hunger, we don't realize at first that we've gotten into a pattern of waiting to eat until we are starving because we're simply not aware of the subtle signs of hunger and how they increase over time. So give yourself the chance to start practicing the hunger scale. Notice your hunger and aim to make sure that you're eating when you're an eight or below. And if you are just getting into eating regular meals, so if you are not currently eating those three meals and one to three stacks a day, yes, you will probably be eating when you're not feeling very strong signs of physical hunger. And that is okay. You can still practice the hunger scale. And the fullness scale, as I mentioned, again, one is starving and hangry, 10 is stuffed and uncomfortable. 
And ideally, we will be finishing most of our meals around an eight. And again, you can practice this even if you are not like strictly following it. You can start practicing identifying those numbers. Another actionable tip is to start practicing a pause. And in that pause, so the pause can happen before you eat, while you eat, after you eat, so many pauses. You can identify which type of hunger you're feeling and which type of hunger you'd like to satisfy. And that's referring to the four hungers that we talked about in the beginning. Another thing that you can do in the pause is identify your level of hunger or identify your level of fullness. You can also, as you continue, just use the pause to give yourself space to be present. My last two tips are, again, shift to an abundance mindset around food. So that is like a very broad thing. So ways to start actionably like doing this is to remind yourself food is not a limited resource. I can always have more. And also a great way to start doing this is start identifying where you are in a scarcity mindset so that you can start neutralizing some of those thoughts. Again, questions on this, DM me. And my last actionable tip is to get coaching or some type of support. And I say this very sincerely because I was someone who struggled with an inability to leave food on my plate or stop when I was full for most of my life. I used to be someone who never ever left food on my plate even if I was stuffed and I couldn't keep a, like I couldn't keep a ton of foods in my house because I didn't trust myself to start eating them and then actually stop. And I understand that sometimes we have this drive to want to do things on our own and having a coach to hold up a mirror to what is happening with your behavior, help you see yourself more clearly and guide you to building skills and also remind you that you are not alone. That can be a really powerful process and I wish I had had that. I was that person that was too stubborn to ask for help because I thought I should do it on my own. And that's why it took me years and years to work through this stuff. I also want to say that I understand that coaching is a financial investment and sometimes we just don't have the money to do it. The way that my coaching works, one-on-one coaching is the most expensive option, the most high touch. Then group coaching is a, a lower investment and you also get a lot of personal coaching, um, but in a group setting, which is so much fun. But I also have a ton of free resources. So I wish I had had this podcast when I was struggling. But I also, I've I've mentioned a couple of of free resources in this episode. I also have a free weekly email where I provide not just like, hey, you're not alone, but actionable lessons for you to put in practice for a better body image, mindful eating skills, mindset, etc. And also, I understand that you may have worked with a coach before and the experience was not good. That's unfortunately really common is that you work with a coach and they just make things worse or they don't help you at all. And first, I want to say I'm truly sorry that that was the case. And second, just like sometimes we get shitty hair, shitty freaking haircuts and date shitty guys, there are also shitty coaches, shitty therapists, shitty trainers, and there are some great ones out there too. And so again, If you are curious about coaching, even if I'm not the coach for you, I am happy to refer you to someone I know and trust as a great coach. The goal for me with this podcast is to help you get support that you need, even if I am not the person to give you that support. And so if you're still here, and hopefully you've identified a few shifts that might support you in this quest to listen to hunger and fullness more skillfully, and building a practice of unconditional permission to eat, 
and learning how to respect hunger and fullness is part of the curriculum of my group coaching program for a reason. Becoming confident in your ability to choose what, when, and how much you eat or don't eat without the mental drama, without the self-doubt, and that can feel like ordering a pizza and eating just enough to feel comfortably full, going to a party and being able to choose whether you put your hands in the chip bowl or not, and having all foods in the house without feeling like you're, they're calling your name from the cupboards, that is the goal of my group coaching program. And especially if you're someone who's dieted on and off for as long as you can remember, or someone who would really like to not depend on macro tracking to keep them on track anymore, the Confident Eater is your path to get there. And the next cohort of TCE is going to be early to mid-September. So you can follow the link in my bio on Instagram. You can follow the link in the show notes and add your name to the wait list so you get updates on the program. And the last thing that I want to say here is if you are a coach listening to this and you want to learn how to better support your clients in understanding and practicing these skills, I have a small group of incredible coaches who all work with their clients on macro counting and are working to start bridging the gap between these skills that I talk about on the podcast and the skills around macro coaching. And so if you would like to join that group, we do a lot of education around how to coach your clients around emotional eating, how to help your clients when macro coaching is not the right fit for them, how to communicate with clients. There's some really incredible stuff that we go through. If you are a coach and you're interested in that, please reach out to me on Instagram because I think you will get so much out of our mastermind. And again, if you'd like a copy of my one cheat to the four types of hunger, DM me hunger guide on Instagram and I'll share you a link. And with that, if you would like to support the podcast, my work here, you can rate the podcast on Spotify or leave me a review or rating on Apple. You can also share your favorite episode on Instagram and tag me or send the podcast link over to a friend or a loved one. Anyways, with that, I'm off to go drink some water, maybe drink another coffee. And I hope that you have a lovely, lovely day or evening or morning, whatever you're doing.